Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron here. I hope you're having a great day in Jesus. We welcome you to Today in Biblical Archaeology. We're going to be looking at one of the indisputed greatest archaeological finds of all time, and that is the Code of Hammurabi. Some have tried to equate Hammurabi with the Amraphel, king of Shinar in Genesis 14. You know, for years I thought there was a connection, then I went through a time further study. When I say study, I mean cursory study. Didn't like dedicate my life to it or anything. Just looking around, I thought, well, maybe there's not a connection. But I'll tell you, Dr. William Cooper, the Associate Director of the Creation Science Movement in the United Kingdom, has really convinced me through his writings, any book you can get by his, I would get, um, that in all probability that they are one and the same person. Now, it's come to light, one of the importance of this, besides showing that there were codified laws even before the time of the Pentateuch, because it used to be an argument that the Pentateuch couldn't have been written by Moses or Moses couldn't have written in 1400 uh, B.C. circa, that there was just no law codes before, you know, at that time. Well, here you have something antedating it, antecedent to the uh, Pentateuch by some three centuries or so. And yet it is a codified set of laws. So we've been using the archaeological supplement in the open study Bible is our base last few series the first 70 plus episodes of biblical archaeology today we use the premier study Bible I had written the archaeological supplement for that so now we're venturing into some other areas and there's just so many there's so many really uh, several hundreds if not into the thousands of uh, ways this, you know, uh, of items of interest and, and things that, you know, it's just almost impossible to codify them all. So we're going to be using several different things, Lord willing, over the course of time. But we're in this, and I think it's very well written. So I'll be skipping around. I'm starting on page 1356, my edition of the Open Study Bible. Those of you that follow us on our YouTube channel, you know that I really like the Open Study Bible. It's one of my favorites for several different reasons. The introductions to the book, the great supplement in between, and the cyclopedic index is fantastic, besides the archaeological supplement. So the Code of Hammurabi, Hammurabi, Light of Mosaic Laws. And uh, it really just kills the, well, Halsian hypothesis, the JEPD theory of textual criticism. And so we won't read the whole article. It is rather lengthy, but we'll do quite a bit. A slab of black dorite over seven feet tall and some six feet wide was discovered in 1901. This record of the past contains engraved upon it almost 300 paragraphs of legal provision dealing with the commercial, social, domestic, and moral life of the Babylonians of King Hammurabi's time, 1728-1676 B.C. A copy of this code was found by Jacques de Morgan at Susa in Elam, where it had been carried off by the Elamites from Babylon. At the top of the steel, or obelisk, or monument, and some people pronounce that stele, depends. The 
king is shown receiving the laws from the sun god Shamash, patron of law and justice. At some time when Babylon was weak, an Elamite conqueror carried away the monument to Susa. Its finding was one of the most startling legal discoveries in history. And again, I do want to emphasize with Peter ends trying to say that the Pentateuch just fits in with not only the Code of Hammurabi, but other Near Eastern laws that have been discovered, that there's really nothing special about the Pentateuch. Whereas the Pentateuch constantly, God keeps saying, the reason Israel is special is because I gave you special laws that are superior to the laws that are found throughout the ancient Near East. All right, the code is important in furnishing background material for comparison with other ancient bodies of law. It is also natural that it should offer comparative data for the study of the laws of the Pentateuch. The fact that the code is older by over three centuries than the laws of Moses has disposed of some untenable theories of the critics and given rise to others. For instance, the old critical view that detailed codes of law like those recorded in the Pentateuch are anachronistic for such an earlier period has been exploded by the discovery of Hammurabi's law, much earlier codes in Hammer and Mesopotamia. A discovery of this sort illustrates how archaeology purges out radical critical views, and that is true. Like David never existed, and then they find the House of David inscription, and uh, you know the minimalist view that there was a few tribes in 300s BC in the Greek area that decided they wanted a a uh, background epic history and created the Old Testament. I mean, that just uh, gets exploded. Um, so we'll skip down just a little bit. On the other hand, the discovery of the early extra-biblical legal material has led many to adopt an equally faulty view that Hebrew legislation is merely a selection and adaption of Babylonian law. The only position that's valid as the two bodies of legal material are studied is that Mosaic law is neither borrowed from nor dependent upon the Babylonian. It is divinely given as it claims to be and is unique in those features that met Israel's particular need as an elect theocratic nation. Because you have to remember when the law was being given, they were nomads. I mean, they were in the Exodus. And so there were a lot of law given for that, for the tabernacle, all kinds of things. So the resemblances between the Mosaic laws and the Code of Hammurabi are clearly due to similarity of antecedents in general, intellectual and cultural heritage. The biblical law of divorce, Deuteronomy 21, for instance, permits the man to put away his wife, but that does not attend the same right to the wife as does the Babylonian code. Again, the so-called lex talionis is a primitive Semitic law and would be expected to be reflected in various Semitic legal codes. Mosaic injunctions state precisely the same principle of retaliation upon which a number of Hammurabi's laws are based namely life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, and stripe for stripe. The Mosaic and Hammurabi codes are different in context. The Hebrew code contains many pure religious instructions and ritual regulations. The code of Hammurabi, on the other hand, is civil. However, the priestly laws of Leviticus contain many points of similarity with priestly ritual and practice in Western Asia, whether in Canaan, or Phoenicia or Mesopotamia.
But this is in no sense cast doubt on the fact that Israel's religious practices as recorded in the Pentateuch are divinely given and uniquely invested with significance to fit a situation divinely called to serve the one God. In some cases, similar cultic practice among surrounding peoples was divinely given to Israel. But at the same time, it was invested with a special significance for the worship of our Lord. The two codes, of course, are different in their origin, and they are different in their type of society. So Hammurabi's laws were fitted to the uh, irrigation culture and highly commercialized urban society of Mesopotamia. The Mosaic injunctions, on the other hand, suit a simple agricultural, pastoral people of a dry land like Palestine, much less advanced in social and commercial development, but keenly conscious in their divine calling in all phases of their living. The two codes differ in their morality as well. From the ethical and spiritual standpoint, the Mosaic legislation, as would be expected, offers a considerable advance over the Babylonian code. Hammurabi's laws, for example, enumerate at least ten varieties of bodily mutilations prescribed for various offenses. If a doctor performs an operation that's unsuccessful, his hand is to be cut off. In the Mosaic legislation, there's only one instance of mutilation occurs where a wife's hand is to be severed, you know, when she uh, fights for her husband and, and grabs a certain part of the male anatomy. Also, in the Hebrew laws, a greater value is set upon human life. A stricter regard for the honor of womanhood is seen in more humane treatment of slaves is enjoined. And that's a whole other issue is slavery in Israel. I really want to go through and uh, maybe use as a base uh, Yamuchi's book, Dictionary of Daily Life in Bible Lands, which is phenomenal if you don't have it. There's a gr lot of great books on that. White's book and Gower's book and uh, the new Baker at Ground Bible Commentary. Lots. Also in the Hebrew laws, a greater value set upon human life. We read that. In addition, the Babylonian code has nothing in its corresponding to the twofold golden thread running through the Mosaic legislation, namely love God and love one's neighbor. So those are Old Testament as well as New Testament. So the Israelite Torah and the Babylonian code may be contrasted as follows, and this is very important. In the Babylonian code, there's no control of lust, no limitation on selfishness. The postulate of charity cannot be found. The religious motive is absent, whether recognizes, which recognizes sin as the destruction of the people because it's opposition to the fear of God. In the Hammurabi Code, every trace of religious thought is absent. Behind the Israelite law stands the ruling will of a holy God. The laws are stamped throughout with a divine character. So, and we could do more. We could actually do, and we may at some point, Lord willing, do multiple episodes just reading through the Hammurabi Code. You can look that up online. It's readily available. Well, the last I checked, anyhow. And, uh... And just see the differences. But needless to say, the Bible is superior in its morality. Even in the Old Testament, and of course in the New Testament, you have the higher kingdom morality. Where Jesus says, well you heard it was said, but I'm telling you that it's even higher than that. And that's the reason we need the great new birth experience that Pentecost gives us. Acts chapter 2.
Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Share this with your friends, family, your church, and uh, subscribe. We thank you again so much for listening. And also join us on our YouTube channel, New Life of Albany, Georgia. NewLifeofAlbany.com is our website. New Life of Albany, Georgia, Facebook. Hope you have a great day in Jesus. God bless you.